Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and today I really only have one story I want to talk about. Um, one big one. There's a little bit of a follow-up on some other little things I was thinking about doing. There were a few little stories here. There's kind of a big story from last week, once again, the uh, unionization of the video game industry. And, and so there was all that, and not that that's not a good story. But this one came up, and I had to talk about this one because... In the occupation that I, I'm in, I you know, when something remotely mainstream about the video game industry pops off, then you've got everybody like, Did you see this, Greg? Did you see this? You know, and even my mom was like, Did you can you believe this? sort of thing. And uh, so we have to talk about it and uh, and we will. That is the uh, Mario the the sealed copy of Mario Brothers selling for a hundred thousand one hundred and fifty dollars. So we're gonna talk about that. And then I have picked out my game of the week already in advance i've got it sitting here waiting so i'm already uh, i already got a leg up on the pile uh compared to last week when i was really really struggling um as far as a quick update to uh the truck if you remember if you've been listening to the podcast i bought a truckload of games for the store a couple weeks ago i'd say i'm about halfway through it now so we finally yesterday started digging into the game side of it uh and finding what there is that's worth uh sellable sellable games you know there's a lot of stuff that's not sellable in this lot unfortunately or it's pieces parts like it's an empty box for a rare game but i won't be able to sell it till i actually get the game stuff like that um so i'm about halfway through that and we have officially locked in our tax time sale is march 9th so that's uh two weeks from this saturday will be our next big sale i know a lot of people are waiting for that hopefully y'all are doing your taxes and getting your tax returns done uh mine's done thank goodness uh, i'm paying in more than i wanted to again but that means your business is successful so you don't want to like if you pay more taxes it means you made more money so it, it's not like it's not like oh it sucks you know it's kind of a good thing but obviously no one wants to ever pay more taxes so you want you want you want money going in the bank baby you don't want money coming out that's not how business works you need money going in uh but uh yeah so so uh that's all that but i think um so this might be a little bit of a shorter one today i i think i've got enough to talk about to really draw this thing out and not in a bad way like there's just a lot to cover here uh with this with this story, um, it's got, man, it's got everything you could possibly want. It's got twists, it's got turns, it's got uh, backstabbing, it's got uh, it's got betrayal, uh, lying, cheating, uh, and then I guess that's about it. <laughs> there's no, there's no hero in the end of this, unless maybe that's me for trying to expose it. Um, but it's an interesting uh, argument because it goes, it, it's multifaceted because it, it goes into something that I was talking about months ago which was there's no wrong way to collect video games so it, it's which, which i still believe i do believe that um i'll i'm, I'm waning on that a little bit and I'll, I'll go into that a little bit um later when i talk about it but i'm waning a little bit on that because i've seen like i don't even know if it's collecting then at that point so like any way you collect games to have them i think is fine um but lately i've been seeing people doing like this hoarding mentality of like they just buy everything that's a video game and then they don't clean it up they don't take care of it they don't display it so it's like, what are you doing with it then? I mean, are you really collecting at that point? Or are you just like buying it to resell it? And not that there's anything wrong with that either, but is that really collecting or, you know, whatever. And and I'm I'm not a fan of gatekeeping. I think that's really crappy. And I think that anyone who tries to, and I see this a lot in my store, like there's arrogant collectors who, you know, my collection's better because I only have, you know, mint condition stuff in my collection. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I, I feel like if you have a collection of your favorite games from when you were a kid, 
and one of them is the original game you had and it's beat up because you were a dumb kid and you didn't take care of it, but it was something you loved, then that's great. I think that actually means more than just buying something at a random store that you used to play that's in mint condition. You know, I think that the love that you showed it over the years means something. Uh, so we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, we're we're going to cover a lot of stuff. This is going to be a long video. If you're on YouTube, this is going to be a long video because it's really the only story for today, but there's just a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, so we're going to get cracking on it, and uh, and I guess we'll see where the podcast takes us this week. So first up today on the podcast, what we're talking about is probably what everyone who's a game collector has been talking about for the last few days, almost the last week now because it's, it's been five days ago. <clears throat> but the story, the headline, sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers sells for a record-breaking $100,150. Wow. <laughs> so you see that headline. And of course, like everybody, you're like, holy crap, what is going on? So there's a lot of different reactions to this. It's funny because the first reaction is, you know, is holy crap, why is it so expensive? And then the second reaction is always, I have that game. I might have a lot of money here. Um, so we have to understand why this one is more rare. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about why this specific copy is rare compared to other box copies of Mario Brothers. So there's that. Uh, but we're also going to go into the grading. If you look at the picture here, uh, this is graded by a company called Wata, Wata Certified, which if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, uh, I met these guys at Wizard World uh, and was wholly unimpressed with them and their explanations on trying to explain to me why they had priced their items at a certain price. Um, so, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the company that sold it, which is uh, an auction company. Uh, and then an auction company that recently made a deal with WADA to grade all of their games. And so the situation, like we're going to talk about the rarity of the game, but then we're going to talk about the situation being a little fishy. And, and how this all kind of came up and how this, this, like my, my sniff test, it doesn't pass the sniff test. Like this just kind of feels like BS to me. I'm just going to be honest. It just, it just feels like BS to me. And, uh, and, you know, it just, I shouldn't say BS. It just feels like it's the perfect marketing synergy for an auction company that's now launching its, its comic book and video game division. And then a company that's just started back last March or April of last year. Now they're trying to, um, they're trying to get their name out there. So they partner with this company and magically this item sells for this amount. So we're going to talk about that, but first let's get into the meat and potatoes. Why is this copy more expensive? So first I have to say it is actually rare. Okay. So let's actually I had this up already. So let's look at this. Okay. So, and this is uh, Chris Kohler. He, he's good stuff. Follow him on Twitter. Um, he does a lot of these like sealed games. I think he actually unboxes sealed games, but he talks about a lot of stories like this. This was all over the place. You can find this article anywhere. I just brought it up on Kotaku because it was one of my first ones I was flipping through. Um, and so you see a copy of Mario Brothers. You've seen this box in every used video game store you've ever been to. I mean, this game is super, super common. It was packed in with every Nintendo for a very long time. And then it was sold separately alongside that because there were other bundles. It's not like Mario World where on Super Nintendo, which actually in the box is very rare because they didn't, every Super Nintendo came with Mario World up until a certain point and then they stopped and then they didn't really make Mario World in the box very much. So that actually is kind of a rare game in the box. Uh, this game was released uh, even when the game, when the system came 
with the game, uh, oftentimes it came with the box too. So that's why it's not really rare in the box. And there are so many copies out there. Well, this one in particular, though, let's get down to it. Um, now, if you remember, there was a story in 2017 of a copy of Mario Brothers that sold for 30000 which was a record price. I remember hearing about that. And again, at that time, everybody's like, well, why Why is this going for this much? You know, whatever. So this is why. So the difference comes down. This is Chris's writing here, but this is a good explanation of it. The difference comes down to a tiny sticker. Instead of being shrink-wrapped in plastic, the boxes containing the very first run of NES games produced in America were only sealed on the top flap using a black foil circular sticker with the Nintendo logo on it. These were only sold for a brief period of time before the NES's national rollout, while Nintendo was still test marketing the console in cities like New York and Los Angeles in 85 and 86. At that time, an NES set came packaged with Duck Hunt and Gyromite, but not Super Mario Brothers, which was sold separately. So that's uh, it's, it's, it's a limited print, first limited print of a game. That uh, that while a common game it is, this version isn't, and it was different because of that little sticker seal. Now, if this game had come shrink wrapped, like the later versions did, which because there's also a, a string of hang tab ones that came with like black stickers that were sealed, uh, that were also not shrink wrapped, but those didn't have the Nintendo logo on them. So there are varying amounts of rarity here, and I know when a lot of people see this number, you gasp a little bit, and I think it's fair to say. That And I, I say this a lot about what something's worth. A lot of people will say no game is worth $100,000. Nothing is worth, no comic books worth $100,000. No action figures worth $100,000. And all I say to that is something's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. That, to me, is the basis of buying and selling. An item's worth is what someone's willing to pay for it. So say on eBay you've got auctions of a game that sell between $20 and $30. And they're all in really good shape. You put yours up at mint condition for $40, easily somebody could look at that and say, well, that's a ripoff. I can get it for 20 to 30 But if somebody comes along who wants it in the condition you have it, they pay 40 for it, then that game's worth 40 bucks. I mean, that's that's just the truth of it. That is the, the cold, hard facts is something's worth whatever someone is willing to pay for it. Or in this case, what people are willing to pay for it, as this was purchased by three individual people. So the game is joined uh, jointly owned by three buyers, Jim Halpern, who's the founder and co-chairman of the collectible auction company, Heritage Auctions. Okay, you're going to get to the conspiracy side of this soon. Coin dealer and game collector, Rich uh, Lecce, and video game store owner, Zach Gege. The sale was announced today by Heritage Auctions in a press release, which it also used to promote the fact that Heritage recently got into the business of selling WATA certified collectible games at auction. So, one, this is a WADA-certified Mario Brothers, right? Let's go back up to the picture. Here it is, WADA. So, it's WADA-certified. WADA, then, is going to have a relationship with uh, this auction company going forward. They're going to grade all of the video games because apparently there was a... Where, where was it here? Um, I thought I had it, but anyway, um, there was, a, there was a, an Indiana auction... Uh, where my understanding is that uh, the Heritage Auction bought either got this or someone bought it and is selling it through Heritage, however that relationship is. And it was basically like an, a, a game store from the 90s that had been untouched since. Like this is like the treasure trove of, of rarity for collection. Tons of sealed stuff. That recently has gone up for auction now. So that is up for sale. 
on Heritage as they've just broken into the video game market. So you have that. You have them making this deal with WADA to grade all of those new games that came from that Indiana store purchase. And now you've got the co-founder of that auction company going in on buying it. And we also have a video game store owner, Zach Geach. I'm very curious why I'm surprised they didn't talk more about Zach's store <laughs> because you could have been like, hey, and then there's this, you know, as another way to like cross promo this whole thing, because this whole thing feels like a very like incestuous kind of relationship. Like it's like uh, just very, very strange, you know. Um, and then we have uh, comments from the people at WADA explaining why it's so rare. So he says, quote, I've always said personally that I believe that sticker sealed Mario is possibly one of the most significant video gaming items historically. And that was by Dennis Kahn. He's the president of WADA Games, the game that authenticates and certifies gaming collectibles. WADA's certified the game's authenticity. While there are many other sealed copies of Mario Brothers out there, Kahn said that this copy of the game is the only known copy of Super Mario Brothers that still has an intact sticker seal from the NES's brief launch window. Um... Now, Chris goes on to, thankfully, he brings this up at least a little bit. So he says, while there's certainly a bit of publicity element to the sale, Khan said the deal was legitimate. Besides being the service that authenticated the game, Wada had no part of the transaction, Khan said. The seller, who's a collector who has occasionally advised Wada in a volunteer capacity. So the seller... Okay, see, so this is just one more layer, right? So the seller of the Mario game, who who sold it for 100000 he occasionally advised Wada in a volunteer capacity was not actively looking to sell Super Mario Brothers. He asked not to be named in the story, citing concerns for his privacy. So now, though, you have Wada, who is the company that's grading all of the games for the auction house. Then you have, then you have the guy who works for them and advises them in a non-paid role, sells it to the company that they've now made a deal with to authorize all their, to, uh, rate uh give a rating to all their games it just it's too much it's too close and i know it's fair to say and it's possible that they just know each other and that's part of this right like it's it's you know you could be out to lunch with your friend and say hey you know i've got this buddy who's got that really mega rare mario if you want it i mean he'll sell it for six figures do you know a couple guys and then that guy goes oh i know a couple guys and going through it just seems a little too perfectly packaged for me though when you have WADA trying to grow itself as a business, this auction company finally breaking into video games and comic books, and then the co-founder of that auction company buying the super rare collectible that just happens to be WADA graded. I'm sorry. It just it, it just doesn't pass the sniff test. I'm sorry. Uh, and then that goes to the fact that I met the people from WADA at Wizard World last year, and I had a very upsetting conversation with them. And and I, if, if anybody who knows me, okay, I'm not a shock jock. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a gotcha guy. Like I don't run up there and try to like catch you in a lie or something. But I was there and they had, I collect good condition, very good condition, mint and box, NES. You can't really see it because I don't, I have my green screen up. But that's what I collect. So when I see this Wada booth and they've got tons of awesome games there, you see one glass case completely full of of like the rarest I've ever seen stadium events, Nintendo championship cartridges, like awesome stuff, basically stuff from their collection or from their friend's collection that they had on loan to put in here. At, you know, they weren't selling them. They were just there as a display. But then on the other side of the L glass case, they have things that are actually for sale. 
and they had very good condition. They had good to very good condition NES boxes and complete in box NES games. Incredible stuff that I I absolutely would have bought probably five or six games from them if they had even been remotely fair in pricing. And so at the time uh, I was looking for a Nightmare on Elm Street complete in the box. I was looking for, I mean, I would buy a DuckTales and a Chippendale 2. Like, I would buy all those complete in the box if I found them in good shape. And I'm willing to pay uh, value price on these. You know, like, I'm, I'm willing to pay market value, I should say, on any of these. I have no problem with that. Um, so this is a little bit of story time. We'll go to WADA, and then we're going to talk a little bit about grading in general. We're going to talk about VGA as well. But this is just my my part of the story in interacting with them. And now I talked to one person. There were two people working there. I only talked to one person. I don't know which of the two it was. I don't know if it was the president. I don't know if it was the chief chief grader. You know, I don't know about that. I don't know who it was, unfortunately. And, and maybe if they're there again this year, I will take more time to talk to them and get to know them, introduce myself. But I didn't even get that far because I was very upset at just looking at the ridiculous prices so for instance they had like a nightmare in elm street and i might be a little fuzzy on the prices but nightmare in elm street at the time was going complete in the box in mint condition for between 120 and 200 dollars. that's what i was watching them go for i was trying to find one in good shape i wasn't even finding them really in great shape ended up winning one on auction i think maybe 120 or something in, in really good shape very happy with it i have it over here very very happy with the purchase I want to say they seriously had it. It was either two ninety nine or three ninety nine was the price they had it for there in the exact same condition I got mine for one twenty. So I'm trying to understand why this game is so expensive, but I understand it's graded. Okay, I understand that there is something to grading, and one thing that WADA does differently, as far as I can tell from VGA, which is the other grading authority, if if you've never uh, seen them on eBay, VGA graded whatever, is that WADA seemingly will do open games um typically with vga all you ever see is sealed games they verify sealed and they move on with wada they have no like they'll, they'll take a mint and box game off your shelf and they'll grade that for you and so you say okay you know it, it it's you look at a, a very good condition box game you open it up you i mean you look at everything there and then you, you give it a rating a grading out of 10 or whatever and this this i think nightmare on elm street was like a seven and a half or eight out of ten and I, I swear it was two ninety nine ninety nine. It's three hundred dollars. So that was more than that was more to almost double what it was going for. And so I actually asked him. I said, "Well, you know," I said, "I'm not trying to be rude." I said, "But I'm very curious. Like, why is it that these are so overpriced compared to an auction site like eBay? Because once again, like we talked about earlier, something's worth what someone's willing to pay for it." So he's not, they're not, they can sell things for whatever they want. And if they sell that at 300 to someone at Wizard World, then good for them. And, and, and then that means that I'm wrong and it is worth that amount of money. But, you know, so I asked them just flat out and, and maybe they get attacked for this all the time. So maybe they were on the defensive too. Whoever I spoke to basically was trying to convince me of the value of grading a game. And I, I, I was like, what do you mean a value of grading the game? The game's not in any better condition in your sealed box here than it is in my box protector from, you know, videogameboxprotectors.com. Shout out, love that guy. You know, I, it, the game's not any different because your plastic's on it. The only added value would be the added value of the $20 case or whatever that you put on it. The value that you put on it saying it's this, it's like, especially a company just starting out, you know, it's not like this is a company that's been around 100 years and is the, the authority on game collecting. They're not. In fact, they're, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're essentially nobodies in this industry right now. And, and they made a huge move partnering with this auction house. That's going to get them a lot of clout. 
It's going to get them a lot of press and their company's going to grow. But VGA has been around forever. And I, I would argue that VGA isn't even the authority on what a proper game is. And and look up, type in VGA scam sometime or video game grading scam. And you just run into, uh, there's, a, there's a video out there someone did like, man, it's like six years ago now or something where he talks about, and he's a little more animated about it, a little more over the top, but he has like a Metal Gear that he bought VGA sealed and like they flipped the strategy guide and had like a bent corner when they sealed it. And the things aren't even airtight, like they're not even sealed. And so VGA is not even the video game authority even though that's literally their name, they're not the authority on everything pricing or grading. Like there is no authority on that. Um, and I'm not even going to get into the the prospect of should you grade a video game, which is something that's meant to be played, you know, or, or you know, you could seal a baseball card or something like that because you could still look at it when it's sealed and still enjoy it for what it is. You know, a video game, you can't enjoy it. I, I don't want to get into all that because, again, I'm not trying to gatekeep collecting, and I don't like that. You know, I want people to collect however they want. But I'm trying to understand this collecting. So I asked the gentleman, you know, what, what justifies, you know, this cost being so much higher than an online auction house like eBay, which, which he replied, you know, that, well, there's value in having an, an accurately graded game. And so I went a little further. I said, well, well, what do you mean accurately graded? Like, what are we, you know, how, how do I know that you accurately graded this? Like, I don't know your company, your company doesn't have a ton of rep yet. Like how, you know, how does that add value? And and then uh, and then when I went back to the price again, I said, right now on eBay, I could get a mint in box Nightmare on Elm Street for like $200, buy it now. And that wasn't even selling. That was up there at that price, but no one had bought it yet. And and I could tell he was uh, getting like visually annoyed by my questions. And I wasn't trying to. I really wasn't. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a gotcha guy. I wasn't, wasn't trying to like be annoying. But I wanted to know like their their mentality. I wanted to get their you know their collectors. If if you read their site, you know the uh, I don't know if I have it up here anymore. I don't think so. Um, and, and and so if you read their site, actually it's the Nintendo Age forums. It's this one here. You know they 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 brag about how they're just collectors trying to make things happen. You know and and uh, and this has been a dream of ours forever. We've been collectors and collecting, and I've been collecting my entire life and. Um, I started collecting coins in 87, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, so they're collectors. So you think that they'd be a little more, you know, like they'd be a little more understanding of, of collectors value. So they feel that their service adds value to their products. Okay. I'm not one to tell them that it's not. If, if, you know, I guess if it's like, if you go to a used game store and that used game store takes the Super Nintendo apart, deep cleans it, puts it back together sells it they feel like they can charge 10 more dollars because they added value to that super nintendo that's whatever i don't do that you know i mean we kind of include all that in our services like you're gonna always get the cleanest nicest product we can put on the shelf that doesn't add value in our opinion you know like it's still a super nintendo is still you know 60 bucks it doesn't matter if we've deep cleaned it or if it came in clean like it's still 60 bucks now if we think we have to soak it and clean it for three hours i might pay a little less on that because i have to put money into it to get it there but that doesn't, to me, doesn't make it worth more money. You know, it's a little, little different mentality. And so I could see him getting annoyed with my line of questioning, <laughs> which, I, again, I wasn't trying to. Uh, and so he kept saying things like, but you can't just go off of eBay for your value. He's like, e eBay is not the definitive source of what something's worth. You know, eBay is not, is not a grading authority. It's just an auction site. But then it goes back to my original point, which was something's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. So again, something's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. So if you look at eBay 
and you find an auction, you sort by items sold, not selling. No one cares what something's selling for. You got to look at what's sold. So you click sold listings. Then you click auction for auction types. You click bidding. So you look at that and you find a copy of, say you find a copy of Nightmare on Elm Street, had 45 bids on it, bids at $145 and it's in the exact same condition. And that game, I'm sorry, is worth $145 because that's what somebody paid for it. And that's what 45 people or, or multiple people bidding multiple times, that's what they decided it was worth because nobody was willing to go over that. Somebody was willing to go to that. Nobody's willing to go over that. That's it. So that's what it's worth. So you say that and you say, okay, well, you're putting in a plastic case. You're, you're putting your expertise on this. So let's say generously it's $150 it, it bids out at. You add $50 of value because of your packaging and your insight. Okay. So why is the item not $200 then? Where does this, where did this $299 come from? And I want to say they had, and I don't want to, I don't want to lie because I'm not trying to like blow up how bad the scenario was, but they also had, they had a Darkwing, uh, was it, was it DuckTales 2? I think was like $600, I think it was $599. We recently had a box copy that at my store uh, in very good shape, $350 to $400 all day. So $600 is what they have it at. I, I just don't understand the value there. And if you look up online, you can see people trying to sell these items for that price. And they're not going for that. They're not selling. They're sitting on eBay for weeks and months. And a common strategy on eBay is that people will post things as a buy it now. They'll throw it up there at a ridiculous price and just let it sit. And they'll let it sit until eventually maybe the game price rises to that point or where someone finally goes, you know what, I'm sick of looking for this item. I just want it now. And then they buy it. So video game grading is always weird. I, I have an issue with WADA. I hope to reconcile that. Um, if they're at the Midwest Gaming Classic this year, which I'd be surprised if they aren't, seems like the perfect venue for them, I would like to talk to them about that. And, and I'd love to talk to them about this because if they're passionate gamers, people who love collecting, I'd love to have that conversation with them. I just, I was so disappointed with the interaction I had there because I felt like they were gatekeeping. I felt like they were setting a standard. Like this is what something's worth because we say so. Well, how are you any more authoritative than the people selling them online? Like than 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 the actual people buying them for that price. And so it, it it's this weird kind of relationship that I don't like. So I'll break down what we've gotten so far. So so far we've got the the people that bought it, one of the people of the three that bought it is a co-founder of this auction site. This auction site just recently started selling games and comic books that are now graded 100% by WADA. And WADA, on a, on a, on a non-official level, had the seller of this Mario game work with them uh, on occasion. So again, for me, it just doesn't pass the sniff test. I think it's, I think it's a, a marketing ploy. I think they put this out here. They, they put this out and said, let's say we sold it for this amount. Hell, they might even have sold it on the contingency that this was just going to build some hype and then they're going to, you know, or, or they bought it and then they announced it. I don't know. There's just something fishy here and it's, it's a marketing thing and that's okay because if you want to cross promote and you want to do something like that, but why don't they just come out and say it like, check this out. WADA just graded this. We expect this item to go for this much. Here's our, I just, I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it could have been better. Like it could be more straight, I guess more, more on the, more on the straight edge. And it just, it just feels off to me. And, and maybe I'm wrong, and I know, you know me, I put my tinfoil hat on a lot of times with these podcasts, with these videos, but this one really irks me, and, and because something I'm really passionate about is game collecting, you know, and, and 
I'm not passionate about it. Like, obviously, yes, I own a game store. I, I love collecting, but I also understand the buying and reselling side of it. So this isn't just me as some, like, couch dweller who's like, uh, no game should ever be worth $100,000. I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's worth it if someone paid that much for it. But the circumstances are incredibly fishy. Also, how quickly the news story broke spreads everywhere. People are out there doing interviews, giving quotes instantly when the story breaks like they were ready for like almost like a press release you know and it just feels like it's just too perfectly like wrapped up and tied up in this little bow and who cares you know if that's if that's what it is it's fine what i guess i'm a little sick of hearing though is is i'm sick of hearing like because this, this this went mainstream like i had people like like i said earlier my mom and other people sending me a message being like did you see this it, do you we had this didn't we did we used to have this i'm like no here's why and i had to explain it to a bunch of people because you ever, but but that's how you knew that it it broke out of our gaming bubble, and kind of cracked into the everyday news cycles. It's it spread like wildfire on Twitter and on Facebook, and and like I said, non gaming peeps were were looking at this and being like, "This is incredible," because it's also a game that we've all played. You know, anyone who's played a game most likely has played Mario Brothers before. So you know, there, there's always that possibility. Of like, did I have this? Was, do I still have this in the closet, maybe? Do I have that game? It's sold for this much. It's worth that much. And I'm often reminded of, and it's an excellent episode. I don't know which episode it is, but there's that great clip. Look it up on YouTube. I think it was Storage Wars. And this one guy's digging through, and he finds a Nintendo collection. And he's like, oh, he sees a Nintendo. He's like, he flips it over because he, he wants to be a 001 model. He's like, please let it be a 001. And I think that all came from the fact that there was that stadium events that sold with a Nintendo that was a 001. But the 001 is just the model number. So every front-loading, spring-loaded NES is a 001. The only thing that's a 101 is the top-loading NES. <laughs> so you know, so he's like, he's like, oh, that'd be 101. He's like, oh, yes, it'd be worth one. And then he takes it to a game store. And, the, and with no hookups, no controlling anything, I think the guy tells him it's worth 20 bucks, which actually was very generous at the time. I don't even think it was worth that much. Um, with no power cord or no controller back then. I, I, this was probably five years ago or so. Um so, so it's funny, but then it, it, it brings kind of this weird, it bring it brings then this, um, this, this, this collector, I don't even know if I can call it a collector, but it brings out this mentality then of people see this and go, man, I should be buying video games. I should be buying video games. I got to start looking for, for video games because they're worth a bunch. And I think it's fair to say if you had a bunch of money and you want to invest in something that would make you more money, it wouldn't be video games. So like this, th this here, this is a very rare case and it's super cool. And if it's legit sale, that's really neat that it went for that much. But you could spend that same amount of money you'd use to buy this, buy stocks that would get you a higher return than the value rising on this item. So, you know, it's, it's just, just video games are cool collection and it's cool to buy a game for 10 bucks and then watch it go up to 20 or 30 and be like, Oh yeah, I got that game cheap. Like that is cool. But, like, you could take money and invest it better if you're trying to make money on it. But my point is that this brings out this collector mentality. Like, it brings out this this um, reseller market. And so now you're going to have a whole slew of people, some people that don't even care about video games in general, now looking for video games. You know, um, I had someone message me at the store the other day through Facebook, and, and this isn't a dig on them, but this is just the story of what happened. And they said, hey, I've got this Nintendo and these three games. What would you pay me for it? And it was an action set in the box and like Mario 3 um, and maybe like Mario Brothers Duck Hunt and something else. And so I look at it and I'm like, okay, so an action set in the box like that, we have a couple of them already. They sell for about 100 110 120 bucks. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll pay you 60 bucks for the NES 
And then I think Mario three right now is like a $10 game. Like it's cheap. It used to be 20 all day. Now it's down to 10. Just it's the, it's a downturn right now for common Nintendo. It's even though it's a good game, it's, it's common. It's everywhere. And it's, it's in a downturn right now. And so I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's like five bucks for Mario 60 for the Nintendo. And like, I'm like, and unfortunately like 50 cents for my brother's duck hunt. Cause we've got like a hundred thousand of them and we actually give them away for free when we sell Nintendos now. So we still pay something for it. So the customer doesn't feel like they got ripped off, but it's like, it's not really anything, whatever. And so my, the reply I get back is, uh, sorry, can't do it. This is no regular Nintendo. It's worth way more than that. And that was his reply because I don't, I don't know what he saw or what he thought. And so I broke it down. I'm not trying to be like a jerk about it. I mean, I just want people to be informed. I don't want people thinking we're ripping them off. So I just said, I was like, hey, you know, I'm like, I totally get it. Like that Nintendo sells for about 100, 110 bucks. You know, that's why we were paying 60. He said, normally Nintendo, we sell, we, we buy for about 20 bucks because we have to repin it and do a whole bunch of work to it. So I'm like, normally, you know, we, we buy Nintendo for 20. I offered you 60 because yours is in the box. It's really cool. Thanks for letting me take a look at it. Have a nice day. And then that's it. And that's the interaction. But he thought his system was worth way more. And I'm worried that something like this, then it like refreshes that in other people. So then you've got someone else is going to come in one day and be like, I've got this boxed Mario. How much did you pay me for this? And I'll be like, well, I, you know, I mean, I would pay, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an, it's a non-hang tab. It's a five or it's a non-hang tag, uh, non-hang tab, three screw version, which is common. Um, Boxes beat up, uh, probably pay 20 bucks for it. Cause that's probably going to sell for 40, you know? And, uh, and, and then they're just like, oh, I saw this online for a hundred thousand bucks and you're only going to, and then like they get this in their head. Like, like I think they're stupid and then I'm ripping them off, you know? And, and it's frustrating to me because this is something that happens a lot in my business is I'll be talking to somebody and I'll say, Oh, you know, we got this awesome collection. This lady had a bunch of sports games, but underneath it, and it wasn't a lady, but this actual scenario came in. A a friend of one of our employees came in, had a a box of Genesis games, all like sports and some Spider-Man games and the very, very bottom web of fire for 32 X. Like, Holy crap. Like this is a four to $500 game. And it's just in the bottom, you know, of this box of basic stuff. So, you know, I tell someone that story and I, I can't tell you how many times someone will say, did he know what it was worth? What'd you, what'd you offer him? Like, it didn't matter if he knew what it was worth. Or not. I made the offer of what I was going to pay anyway. And I know that that's not how it always goes. I'm not naive to know that there are some businesses out there that would say like a little old granny walks in with a bunch of rare games and they're going to try to take her to the woodshed on that. Like, I understand that some people would do that, but it sucks because I don't do that. And so it doesn't matter like what I think you might know about your game. I'm going to offer you what I would have offered you anyway. You know, it's not, unless it's a really rare item and I say, well, what do you want for it? You know, but even that, like if, if it's in the store, especially like if it's at a rummage sale, it's different. You know, if I go to a rummage sale and someone's got like a thousand dollar game for five bucks, I'm buying that all day. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go there. I'm going to say, here's your five bucks. And I'm going to, and I'm going to practically piss my pants, uh, the whole drive home. If someone comes into my store and goes, you know, and, and I'm like, well, this is kind of a weird item. It's kind of pricey. How much were you looking to get for it? And they're like, I don't know, $10. And it'd say it's worth a hundred. I'd be like, well, we're going to pay more than that because this is worth more. That That's part of the business side of it. Like when someone comes into my business to sell something, that to me is an agreement that they're going to get a fair offer. It's not just me trying to get things as cheap as possible. It's not pawn stars, you know, and, which a lot of people like to make that connection and make that joke. It's not like that. And I should say it's how, not how I run my business. I'm not saying there aren't game stores that do run businesses like that. It's not how I run mine. And so anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that this is going to bring in this, I don't know, this weird, like <sighs> this reseller mentality and this uninformed reseller mentality, because Earlier in the podcast, and I don't think it was on the video part that I'm clipping here, but earlier in the podcast, I talked about how I wanted to discuss, 
I did a video a few months ago that I'm very proud of. It didn't get a ton of views. I'm very proud of it though. It just said there's the only right way to collect. And that's what the video was called. And frankly, the only right way to collect, as I stated in that video, was your way. There's no wrong way to collect video games. There's no wrong way to collect anything. I don't care. I don't care if you buy, if your collection is the worst NES games ever made. You know, I don't care if your collection is 100 copies of E.T. I really don't care if that's what makes you happy. That's awesome. In fact, I love hearing about how unique some people's collections are. I love it. I love it. My, my collection is I get everything very good to mint in box for NES, Super Nintendo Genesis, and whatever else. I have Sega CD, 32X, and whatever. Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color. And so that's just how I choose to do mine. My collection is not any better than my friend Jack, who's going for eventually 100% NES cartridge collection. You know, he's, he, there's no, he's not any better than, I'm not any better than him because my collection might be technically worth more. I just, I don't like that. I don't like that gatekeeping. Um, and so we try to be very inclusive that way. Um, so I'm starting to wane on that thought process just a little bit because, and again, I don't even know if it's necessarily collecting, but I'm waning on this. <sighs> It's, is it collecting or is it reselling? Because you've got people, so someone came into my store a few months ago and brought in like five or six totes full of stuff. And it was dirty, grungy. I had to clean it all up, scrub it all up. And he basically said, he's like, yeah, you know, I've been collecting for a couple years now. And this is like everything I had. It's just been sitting in the basement. I just wanted to get rid of it. I'm like, is, is that really collecting? Like what? Because he didn't put it in a collection and take care of it. So then I have to say, well, my, my, my video said quite explicitly, there's no wrong way to collect video games, but is there a wrong way? And maybe the wrong way is just buying a bunch of dirty stuff, hoping you find a rare gem, throwing all the dirty stuff in your basement, and then three years later selling it. I mean, uh, you know, it was weird. It was weird. And, um, and so, you know, I'm starting to wane on my thought that there's no wrong way to collect. But again, is that even collecting at that point? Or was that a business venture <laughs> where he said, I'm just gonna try to make some money. Maybe that's what it was. Um, so, Let's see. I want to, this was a press release from heritage auctions. I wanted to cover a little bit. So th this is kind of what I was talking about before too. Um, th they make one. Th this is also something I, I don't agree with, but this is what, uh, this is what they compare it to. Um, Super Mario brothers is not only the most recognizable game of all time. It saved the video game industry in 1985 said Wada games, president Dennis in terms of rarity, popularity and relevance to collectors. This game has it all. Mario is the most recognized fictional or non-fictional character in the world, more so than even Mickey Mouse. Uh, that might be debatable. I don't know where he got that quote from, but that's fine. Super Mario Brothers launched the world's largest game franchise, and this copy is the only known sealed example from Nintendo's test market release. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, Geek uh, called this example the equivalent of the valuable comic book Action Comics number 1, which is the first appearance of Superman. I definitely don't don't agree with that. I think that's a very different times um, because it's not like there were that they were making action comics number one for, let's say, 10 years. And the first print had like a yellow cover and the next one had a green cover. And so this is a yellow cover variant of that. Like, I think it's very different stories. Um, I also feel like with all this press they're doing, I think they have another one. And I think they're doing all this. They've set the price with what they paid for it. Now they're getting ready to auction the next one, which once you have one proven to sell at 100000 what's the next one going to go for? 120 130 140 if you've got those just crazy collectors that have to have it with people with you know, a ton of extra money on their hands. It, uh, you know, got any extra? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm always open. You can always PayPal me some if you got that much extra. 
Um, but I wanted I wanted to cover that. I think that's really a, a false equivalent. I, I don't like that at all. I, I don't think it really works. I don't think it works the same. It was a different time. Um, it was a it was a different medium, and I just don't think that that correlates quite the same. I mean, if you had to pick what the holy grail of video game collecting would be, and if you consider Action Comics number one the holy grail of comic books, then you could argue that Mario Brothers, this variant of it, is the holy grail. But I just I have a hard time with that. You know, I think even though it may not be worth monetarily as much, stadium events makes more sense to me that way. Limited amount of copies, stuff like that. Um, which obviously this is too, this variant, but you know what I mean? It's just, it just feels different, you know, but again, I don't care. It, it doesn't matter if that's what they want to call it. Um, so now there is already a, um, a, a grading company out there. And, and we talked about a little earlier video gaming authority. So VGA, this is their website. It, uh, it looks like, uh, I don't know a store website from the early 2000s. This 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 need, this site needs an overhaul, bad. Um, so you know, I've never been a fan of theirs. Um, these guys. Now there was a really interesting article. I don't think I have it up here anymore, but there was an interesting article that somebody had brought up about how if you call VGA, there was a voicemail. Uh, you can't go see their facilities. VGA claims their facilities are private. You cannot visit them, and that's one thing that I guess WADA you can schedule like a visitation. You can go check out the facility, see what they do, which I might actually do sometime. I, I think that'd be really cool. And I'd love to interview the guys and, and maybe I'd be wrong about them. Like maybe in a different context when I'm not irritated about an overprice of a game. And then we kind of get in a little bit of a, of a, of a back and forth on why we think our opinions, maybe we'd have a, a better conversation too. So I'd love to meet those guys sometime and do, do a video on them. Um, but, uh, so I'm looking at this, you know, and so you kind of look here now, CGA seems to be the parent company. So collectible something authority, VGA is a part of it. Action figure authority is a part of it. Collectible doll authority, die cast authority, video game authority. So they, this is like a website that just grades everything. So they have a store where you can buy like your custom cases and everything. I mean, this is cool. I, you know, I, I don't have a problem that with, with, with like them selling things or even offering a grading service. I have a problem with, everyone's perception of a grading service. Um, someone brought me a VGA graded Twilight Princess for GameCube a few years ago. And like at the time it was going for like seal, I think it was going for 80 or 90 bucks. And the VGA graded ones were going for like a hundred to 110. And I'm like, dude, like what you paid to have this graded didn't make it worth more than what it was worth normally. Like, why would you have this graded? Now you could argue it's not smart to grade. Like I shouldn't send in a sealed copy of kingdom hearts three to get graded. You know, and maybe five years ago, you shouldn't have sent in a GameCube game to get graded yet. Maybe that was too soon. Or if you're going to get it graded, it's something you have to hold on to. But the whole grading system makes you think that you're just grading it so that you can see what its value is to resell it for more later. Like, that's how they pitch it. Um, when you look at uh, the About Us, they talk about how... Uh, Oh, let's see here. I don't know. Like, they talk about how substantially increasing the value of your collection by doing this. And like, well... Is that, is that the, is that the point, you know? Um, and so anyway, they talk about standards of integrity. Um, I don't know. I, I, not that, not that grading is bad. And if you like having your games graded because you like the hard plastic cases and you like showcasing, cause they do look good. I mean, you could get this, this graded and have it on a shelf and be like, this is really, really cool. Um, but you know, it's, it doesn't add value in my opinion. So you're going to pay a little extra to have your game look better and be in a protective case. I think that's totally cool. But to then have that expectation that it's going to go up in value over what you pay for it 
it shouldn't because it should raise in value the amount of investment you've put into it, which is the case and such, but oftentimes it won't. And so that's the video game authority. You know, I, I, I've never been a fan of them. We've had a few VGA games come through. Most people that sell them, you know, they, they want a lot extra because it's been graded. And I just feel like that's part of this. I don't want to say scam, but that's part of the, the, the business side of this is that VGA wants people they want people to get their stuff graded, hoping it'll be worth more money someday. Because then if, say, and this is kind of the weird, I don't want to say, I guess pyramid scheme is the closest you get to it, but here's how this works. So say you buy a game for 50 bucks, you get it VGA graded, it costs 75, it costs $25. So now your game is $75. You put it on eBay, VGA graded for $75. So say it sells for that price. Okay. So then when, when VGA looks at the next one, they could say, well, that game's worth $75. So put, you know, it's going to cost $25 to grade it and everything. Now the game's worth $100. And so it's almost like they're trying to stack values and, and artificially inflate the price of what everything's worth. And we've seen this before. Like, like collecting is, video game collecting especially has had its real big ups and downs. And right now, like NES is in a real lull. Um, you know, not, I think a lot of people that started collecting NES have hit their collections. And so now you're starting to see prices come down. Um, obviously, the rare stuff's always going to be rare. But like the common stuff, the Contras, the Mike Tyson's Punch-Outs, the Tecmo Super Bowls, the, the Mario 3s, that there's a bunch of copies out there that people are just buying to have. You know, people are getting, people got in the market, now they're getting out. See, the prices drop, then people get back in the market, prices go back up. It's it's an ebb and flow. I've seen it. I've been in business now for eight years, and I've seen it. I've seen it up and down quite a bit, mostly up. And that's kind of the neat thing about game collecting is it's always going up, just kind of up and then dips a little bit, then up, dips a little bit, up and dips a little bit. And so it's a cool thing to collect, like I said, because it, it's it's earning money, but it's still, you know, it, it's, it's not, I, I don't want to even say that you shouldn't buy games and collect them to one day have them be worth more in the future. I think that's fine too. Um, and especially like liking that, of course, who doesn't want to own something and then watch it be worth more than the day you bought it. Like then you feel like you won, you feel like you made a profit. Like that's all good. Um, but I think that the grading system right now is just, it's, it's too many companies trying to make money off of it. You know, there's not just a company that's like, like I almost wish I could start a grading company that did not make money. So I would strictly charge you what it costs to ship, what the materials cost, and I would grade your game for free. I, I should just do that. And then maybe I could become the grading authority. And, I, and you know what? You don't have to pay for anything. All you have to do is ship it to me. Um, I'll, I'll put it in a protective case, tell you what it's graded at, and I won't even charge you for the grading. Maybe I should just do that. Maybe that's the way to combat these these grading companies. Because I, I just feel like it's something that it's it's too when you grade things and you start talking about increased values and stuff like that, you're 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 wading into a a pool of you're wading into a pool of um how do I want to say like it, like ah a conflict of interest you're like you're like wading into this well we have to rate stuff and say it's worth more money but then I I want to say let me see. Um, I, I want to know, I'm very curious to know like what the cost of submitting is. Like, I wonder if, is it based on the price of the game? Like, do you have to pay more if it's a more expensive game? I'm pretty sure you do. Oh, right, here we go. What does it cost to have my item graded? That depends on the item you're having graded and how fast you need the item returned to you. Please see our pricing tiers. All right. That was easy. Oh, an error has occurred. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, really? Oh my goodness. Okay, well, that's down. Um, 
Can I use one invoice to submit figures in different service tiers? Yes. Can VGA determine the value of my items? No, we are only issuing an opinion on the condition of the items. The actual market will determine the value of your item. Well, that's at least very honest of them to say. Um, do you offer volume discounts? If you submit 25 or more items and even a larger discount, if you submit 50 or more, uh, we offer dealer rates to dealers who submit at least 100 items per month. If you're a dealer who can submit this many consistently each month, contact us. I, I could probably do that, actually. <laughs> um, what guarantees and rights do I have as a VGA customer? Every customer is treated equally and courteously at all times. <laughs> well, that's just basic business, people. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't have their pricing guide. It's not even on here. So you can't even see the pricing tier if you wanted to. So, okay, well, I guess scratch that. Um, but I guess that's all I really wanted to talk about this. I wanted to kind of wrap that all up, but I, I wanted to cover those things. One, the weird relationship that's mixed up with everyone who bought this Mario Brothers, the the bringing out of now the, the resellers trying to find any way they can to make a buck. They're going to start looking into video games again, artificially driving the price up because they're scooping up all these things and then trying to flip them for extra cost online, which we still see like the Facebook marketplace. You can go on there and, and you just see tons of people that, that sell video games in there and they, they're basically Facebook Facebook resellers, you know, and they, they, they go around, they buy people's games on Facebook that are cheap and then they resell them on Facebook for full value. And, uh, and that's fine. If that's, if that's what you want to do, if, if that's what you want to, uh, you know, take your time doing, um, let's see. Uh, Oh, so yeah, here they talk about VGA only does sealed items. Um, but yeah, so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the collecting and then I want to talk about the weird relationship between them. And then I want to talk a little bit about, there's still not being a wrong way to collect, but like we're, we're, I'm skating a thin line on that. Like I'm skating on thin ice with that. I might, uh, I might have to change that one day. Be like, I just don't like how people, I don't like how people are collecting in this regard. Um, but again, I guess I have the, I can have the opinion of, I don't like it. doesn't mean that, uh, it doesn't mean that, uh, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not right. I can have the opinion that I don't like it, but then still be able to say, but hey, if that's what you like to do, that's what you like to do. So um, just think twice. Think twice about having something graded. If you're trying to make money off having something graded, I don't think you should. I think the only time to have something graded would be if you're at that time ready to sell it. Having something graded and then popping in your collection seems weird to me. Like just buy an acrylic case. Like there are companies that make custom ones, put it in a box if you want to display it. Having it graded though, bring it to my store. I'll just tell you what I, what, what I think it is out of 10. And it'll be, my opinion will be just worth just as much as these guys. All right. Whew. That, uh, that went way longer than I thought. Holy crap. <laughs> that sounds like 45 minutes. Holy, holy stuff. Um, well, I'm pretty proud of that then because I was worried this podcast would be really short and I don't have to worry about it. <clears throat> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the game we're going to talk about game of the week, baby. We're going to talk about. Alundra. Alundra. So Alundra is a PS1 RPG brought to us by the fine folks at Working Designs. Working Designs did a ton of awesome collector's editions in the PS1 era, released a ton. Like they were a publisher for a bunch of great Japanese RPGs that we probably never would have gotten otherwise. Lunar, Vey, um, so many others. Alundra here, obviously. Ark the Lad, uh, Lunar 1 and 2, uh, and so many, so many more. Um, also, I think that was Sega for Shining Force. Shining Arc. There's, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. So it's, it's all you have to know. It's all you have to know. It's a bunch. It's, Greg's telling you there's a bunch. There's a bunch. So Alundra. Um, this, I, I would arguably say, one, it had animated cutscenes, like hand-drawn anime animation. Excellent. Uh, voice acted. 
probably the best right next to Castlevania Symphony of the Night. These will be the best 32-bit sprites you'll ever see in a game. This game, it looks, it is, it is top-notch. Nowadays, you see a lot of people using sprites in their games, so you'd see that replicated nowadays. You'd see it, but in this era, I don't know if there was a game that looked better than this. I mean, a lot of the 32-bit era, a lot of the PS1 era was, okay, we got this great game, let's make it 3D. And early 3D sucked. And low poly, uh, low low res textures sucked. And so a lot of the games didn't age very well. Look at a game like Final Fantasy VII. Love that game. Pre-rendered backgrounds look great. Character models look terrible. They're almost, it's almost unplayable. I'd say almost unplayable. Even the smoothed over version on Steam and like the PS4 downloads fine. Um, but even those are kind of ugly, you know, like it, it's, it's a hard game to look at. Alundra being a sprite game, sprite based uh, style game, it does not have that problem. In fact, it's amazing, and it's just it's just awesome looking. Gameplay wise, it this is the closest you'd ever get to Legend of Zelda on the PlayStation. So th- this it's an action RPG uh, puzzles. Like I said, it's it's almost like a spiritual successor to Link to the Past. Like it feels like that kind of game to me, uh, as opposed to you know like Ocarina of Time, which was the the follow up to Link to the Past. So uh, it, it's just an excellent game. If you have a PS One buy it it's about uh i want to say 50 to 70 to 80 bucks now it's definitely getting up there it is one for the ages it is it is a top-notch game it's kind of a sleeper Uh, i do feel like it's a sleeper anything working designs did was kind of a sleeper back then um obviously you you, people talk about games like final fantasy 7 and all this stuff and you know there were games that were slept on like this one so it's super good uh, highly highly recommended you can play all ps1 games on a ps3 so if you have a ps3 go get it i think you can actually buy this on the playstation store for six bucks so if you don't want to buy it physical buy it digitally on the playstation store you can play it on your psp your vita or on a ps3 and just play it anyway you got to get it go play it baby look up some youtube videos if you don't want to play it either maybe i'll play it sometime i don't know i don't know maybe i won't maybe i will i don't know uh but that's it for the podcast today so thank you everybody as always, for listening and watching. This was a fun one. Man, it uh, went by fast. My rants about the, the grading system aside. Uh, always fun chatting with you all. Uh, remember, you can uh, you can message Drop Rate on Facebook with any questions. You can tweet at me. I'm at Game Trade Greg. Tweet at me. Message me. Uh, or tweet at me if you have a question for the podcast. I'd love to get a questionnaire kind of thing rolling. I've had a few people do that. It's really cool, but I'd really love to... To move it further, uh, Game Trade Greg with two G's at the end, at Game Trade Greg, look me up. Um, and uh, yeah, send me some questions. I'd love to do like a, a listener question every week, and, and uh, I think that'd be really awesome. I'm really so I'm really working hard on trying to do that. So I'm gonna start putting it out on Facebook and stuff like before I do the podcast, trying to get some questions uh, and riled up. But uh, I'd like to get to the point where you guys are just asking me, and I don't have to go begging for them. If you're uh, seeing this on YouTube and you want to uh, and you want to subscribe on iTunes, just go to the podcast uh, section, search for Game Talk Radio, look for the little Mega Man sprite wearing a Game Trade shirt. Uh, and uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you would like to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, that would make me very very happy. Um, we're over 4,000 subs now. We're on our way to 4,100. Uh, the yearly the goal by the end of the year is 5,000. Uh, if we get to 5,000 by the end of the year, then uh, then the next goal is 10,000 after that. And then once you get to 10,000, a lot of doors really start opening for you. And so I'm very, 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 very excited about that. So we're just, it's that grind, baby. You know, it's that daily grind. Just got to punch it out. But anyway, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash drop rate or just search for the drop rate and you look for the little yellow and gray DR with the up and down arrows. That's our channel. We got about, like I said, about 4,000 subs right now. Uh, I'm Greg. 
As always, I appreciate you listening and watching. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you again next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>